Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I am really thrilled about this episode, and I hope you are too, because we're dealing with clutter and we're dealing with the queen of creating a lot less clutter. She has a podcast that reaches half a million people and is helping everyone around the planet to stop all the clutter because clutter is chaos and chaos causes stress and stress causes all kinds of issues. And in families, in your own personal life, if you're stressed out, that is so much more unhealthy for you than even not being a perfect healthy eater or not getting the right amount of exercise. And, you know, guys, you all know that I'm on a mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. And one of the things that causes our irritability is clutter. And it stresses us out without us even knowing it. And then that leads to yelling. So I would like to welcome my guest, Deanna Yates. And she is on her own mission to clear the world of clutter. So welcome, Deanna. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for being here with us and sharing your your messages and your help to everybody because we all need help. I, maybe not. Maybe not everybody, but I would say the majority of the planet <laughs> well, tends to collect stuff that yeah. we don't. Right. Absolutely. We all need help with something. Exactly. Even those of us that are further down the journey um, with less stuff and, you know, maybe a little bit further on that minimalism path, you know, we still need help and inspiration and just chatting with other people is I find is always so helpful. So thanks for having exactly. me. Exactly. I agree. You're so welcome. And so if you would tell our listeners just a little bit about you, the name of your company, the name of your podcast. Sure. So my name is Deanna Yates and um, my website is Wannabe Clutter Free, but my podcast is Wannabe Minimalist. And uh, yeah, just like you said, I'm on a mission just to help busy families let go of all the stuff that is holding them back from getting that life that they want, the life of joy, the life of peace, the life of calm, the life of just enjoyment, right? I mean, we've our time on this planet is short and, you know, I want us to be able to make the most of it and let go of all of that stress. And it can be your physical clutter. It can be emotional clutter. It can be mental clutter. It can be relationships in your life that have been holding you back. Um, it's all a struggle. And so I think if we just have some uh, people to help guide us along the way, it can be really helpful. Totally agree. And I'm glad you brought up the mental because you know, there are toxic relationships in our life and they're constantly causing causing 
us stress. You know, the phone rings and you look down and you're like, oh no, <laughs> it's that person. And, and you're like, oh, do I answer it? Do I not answer it? Before you even start talking, you're like stressed out, yeah. you know, and it's, it's so important to really examine your life. And I really hope to all of you listeners who we are, of course, very grateful that you're here listening, that you find a tidbit, you find one little golden nugget in this conversation that's going to move you forward and decide this day's the day. I'm I'm taking 10 minutes, 10 minutes out of my busy schedule, and I'm going to attack something in my home, my life, my my personal, emotional state, whatever it is that's going to move you forward to decluttering. So let me ask you first, because just like I actually just said, you know, the 10 minutes So often the thing about clutter, environmental clutter, personal clutter, is it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And for most of us, when things are overwhelming, we procrastinate and we avoid it. We're like, okay, like even say a closet, you know, closet is full of stuff. You can barely close the door. You look at it and you're like, today I'm going to clean out this closet. You open the door and you're like, no, I'm not. And you close the door again and you move on with your life and you never touch it. And a year later, you open the door again and you know what? It looks the same as it looked a year ago, maybe worse. Maybe so worse. <laughs> can you offer our listeners a little advice on where, where do they start? Where do you begin? Yeah. Okay. So I actually have a 15 minute declutter method just to help with this problem. But let's start with where do you start? Um, And I think the best place to start is somewhere that's not emotional to you. So don't start in your scrapbooks. Don't start with pictures. Don't start with kids' artwork. Those are going to be very emotional spaces, right? You want to start somewhere that, and it can be, it's very personal. It's your decision. So if if you don't have a big attachment to clothes, start in your closet because that's going to help you every single day because you're in your closet every day picking out clothes. If that's difficult for you, start in your bathroom, another place that you're going to be using every day. So you're going to see the progress. Don't start in a closet that you barely ever access because you're going to put in a ton of effort and you're not going to get a lot of reward out of that because you're not going to see it on a regular basis. It's just going to be somewhere that you're like, okay, in the back of my mind, yeah, you're proud of it, but no one's seeing that you don't get to show off and like show it out to yourself and to other people because it's hidden off in the side, right? Don't start in the guest room. That's the dumping ground for everything. Yes. That's a great place to get to. And yes, you're going to feel fantastic about it, but you've been putting things there for a long time for a reason. And that's just going to be way too difficult for you to start with. So we've got to start small incremental steps and make it really fast. So let's talk about fast because we all have five, 10, 15 extra minutes. I know we're very busy, but if you're really honest with yourself, you're scrolling through Instagram, you're scrolling through Reddit, you're following up with people, you know, maybe you're doing something for your kids that they could do themselves. We all have at least 15 minutes we can find in our day. And so the 15 minute declutter method, there's just a few steps to it. And if you don't mind, can I go through it? Absolutely. Go for it. Great. So the first one is to choose your place. So choose someplace that's not very emotional that you know you can make progress. Now, this might be like if you're thinking like, okay, I'm going to start in my bathroom. You might actually just start and make that even smaller and say, I'm going to do my medicine cabinet. 
I'm going to do under my sink. I'm going to do my side cabinet. Those are the three spaces I have in my bathroom. And so I would actually split my one bathroom, which is a tiny bathroom even into those three different spaces, because we want to be able to finish the project. We're not trying to add more work to ourselves, trying to do little places, right? So let's do the bathroom because I just did that. So I did under my sink, 15 minutes, took a before picture. Then I have three things you need. You need a trash bag. You need a cardboard box for all of your donation items. And then you need, I like a laundry basket. I have like a plastic laundry basket with handles. That's easy to carry. And so anything that needs to be rehomed or live somewhere else or put away somewhere else goes in that basket during my 15 minutes. So that when it's the timer goes off, I just pick that. I can pick those three things up and I'm done. If I get interrupted in the middle, those three things are really easy to just put off to the side. You know, like if your kids come in, they need something, some emergency comes up, someone calls you, something happens, right? That's life. It's going to happen. So let's just plan for it and not feel bad when it happens. It's easy then to just say, okay, trash bag, I can throw it away. Here's my donation box, close it up. Here's my things that I can put away later when I have a few minutes before bed or a few minutes after this interruption is over. So even if you don't finish the space, at least you've made progress. But let's say we get through the full 15 minutes and let's say we've gone through all the stuff in that little space. Now, when it's done, you do, you take those things and you actually process them. So you put the garbage away, you put the donation box in your car. Now in my bathroom, I think I had one little tiny, you know, timer. The bathroom's not going to have a lot of donation stuff. We're just not. Those are personal products. They're personal hygiene Ew, unless it's not been open. They're old and gross. Throw, away. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it away. And I'm the type of person that if I hold on to something, I will use it. Like I am, you know, I'm one of those people that likes to maximize all the stuff I have. So I had old makeup that I don't wear, but yet if I hold on to it, I'll be like, oh, but I should use that eyeshadow or whatever. And I'm like, no, I don't want to use it. So I threw it away. I knew deep down, I didn't want to use it. And if I kept it, it would stop me from buying the stuff that I actually want to have in my life. So that's just a quirk that I have. And maybe someone listening is going to say, you know what? I actually have that quirk too. And it'll let them get rid of that stuff they've been holding on to. So if that's you just know that you need to get rid of it before you allow yourself to buy the new stuff and then just deal with that personality trait. (laughs) But the best part of this method is that you take the after picture. And there's something in our brains that we don't realize we adjust so easily to the new environment or to a new thing we have that we forget what the before looked like. We forget all that progress we made, even though it was only 15 minutes and you literally just did it. Like it's so easy for you to just blink and go, oh, okay. And now you're not even excited about the progress you made. So you have to take that after picture so that you can see the before and after progress and go, wow, 15 minutes really did make a big difference. And that encourages you to do the next space and to do the next space after that. And so that's really, that's where I would recommend everybody start. Pick one area, one drawer, one shelf, one cabinet, one corner, just one little area and concentrate on it for 15 minutes. And it will make a world of difference for you. I I totally agree. And, you know, break it down. Don't look at it, this big piece. Look at this little spot. I'm going to clean this shelf, you know, and when that alarm goes off, stop, stop. Don't say, oh, I'm almost done because that will lead you into overwhelm. 
Stop when the alarm goes off. You do 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. Look how much you've worked in one week. Yeah. Whereas you look at it and go, well, I'm just going to take three hours and I'm going to work on this today. No, no yeah. one wants to do that. Don't do yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, if you're very disciplined and you really will do that and maybe someone's helping you, then that's your thing. I mean, we're all different. But if you cannot get started, start small. And I love that you said take pictures because mm -hmm. that really shows you before and after. And, mm -hmm. and it makes you proud. Oh, look, totally. look what I did. It's so, you know, you can do that in your basement. You do that on a bookshelf. You know, yeah. this is what it was first and this is what it is now. And make sure that, you know, you're helping yourself with bins that like putting things in. So instead of just throwing things in there, now it's a little more organized. Yeah. Use that. And the other big thing I love that you said is, you have the trash bag, you have the donation box, put them away. Just don't leave them in the room for mm -hmm. more clutter. Mm -hmm. Take the bag, throw it away. I don't care how small it is. Tie it up, throw it in the garbage. Exactly. Put that box in the back of your trunk. Even if you're not going to Goodwill or wherever you're going, put it in the car, get it out of the house. Yeah. It will just make you feel so much better. Yeah. And one thing I will say too, is, um, a lot of people do that bin thing backwards. They think, oh, I've got this closet and they go and buy the bins because that's fun, right? We're procrastinating. We're doing the fun part, you know, so people are going and buying the bins first and then they find that it, their clutter doesn't, their stuff doesn't fit in those bins. It's not the right bin. It's not. And so now it adds to the clutter, right? So the thing that was supposed to be fun then becomes frustrating. So I would highly recommend doing the declutter part first, then looking at your space, taking a picture of it, taking measurements, take a measuring tape with you when you go to the store and also create a color palette for your house, because it's really easy to be in a store and be like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. And it's cute because they've put it on display and they've, you know, styled it up with other things and they make it look really cute and attractive you guys were being marketed to all the time. And so they want us to buy stuff. They are in the business of us buying stuff. And so of course it's going to look amazing in the store, but it might be too big, might be too small. It might not be the right color. I used to fall victim to this a lot. And so we have created more of a neutral color palette with just pops of blue in our house. And so that way I know when I'm out, if I find something that's cute and it's pink, I'm not going to buy it. It's not going to fit in my house. It's going to look out of place. It's not going to be, you know, the thing I want things that are more natural. And, you know, that's just the, the palette we have guided ourselves to over the years. And so those are the things that really make a, a difference when you don't think about, you know, cause it's so easy. It's so easy to get off track. And so you have to set some very standard rules for yourself so that it's easier for you to say no, because no is one of the hardest things for us to say, especially when we are out and about, we've already made all these decisions. We're tired. We're grumpy. We feel like we deserve a treat, you know, or deserve something. And then we see this really cute thing. We're like, Oh, that's great. And then we bring it into our house. It doesn't match. It doesn't, you know, it clashes. It just stands out. And then it just starts to add to that visual clutter. So there's visual clutter, there's stuff clutter. There's all of that. So just to caution you on buying the bins, I'm not against buying bins. I, just love the idea of test driving first 
So if you can find an empty box, use a shoe box, cover it in wall, uh, wrapping paper if you want it to be prettier. Um, but I think you can test drive with cheaper alternatives around your house and repurposing things you already own. And then after the system works for you, then you go out and you reward yourself with the expensive bins because you know they're going to work and you know you're going to love them. And then you won't feel guilty about buying them later too. That's a great advice. And I love the cat color palette because that does keep you from yeah. buying things that don't blend. Yeah. You know, not everything blends. And not everybody cares, right? I mean, right. some people don't True. care. <laughs> if you don't care, if you don't care that the things in your house don't go together, then you don't have to listen to that piece of advice. Again, if you care, then that's a way to, you know, right. make it easy for you. <laughs> and not necessarily buy everything yeah. you think is is fun. Yes. So I can imagine our listeners thinking, oh, well, yes, Deanna, in theory, this <laughs> sounds fabulous. But I have yeah. three children at home yeah. that are hellions and that are running <laughs> around the house at high speed and everything in their path is flown around the house and it lands and stays where it lands. And yeah. there is, I, I just like, I clean up and it's messed up and I clean up and it's messed up and it's a continual cycle that makes me nuts. And what do you say to that? Well, there's a lot of things we can talk about in that one. That's a big one. So let's start unpacking it. <laughs> I like to give you a lot. I like to no challenge worries. you on, on the no question. Worries. Let's do it. So my first question would be, do your children maintain their spaces at school? And the likelihood is yes. So it's not that there's a problem with your child, right? There's a problem with the system. So at school, there are systems. Your children are able to participate in said systems. The classrooms get cleaned up without the teachers doing all the work. I've seen this in action over and over and over and over again. We've been in countless different schools because we've moved a lot. So, and in every single one, the teachers have a system that works for them. So one is setting, setting up the correct system that is actually going to work. The second is setting the expectation. The teachers expect that the children will clean up. And oftentimes I am guilty of this too. So by no means is this coming from a judgy place of, well, I got this all worked out. Trust me, it is a work, you know, it's tough work, but it's worth it. And when you set the expectations, your children are going to push back against them at first. But if you hold the line and you say, no, these are the new rules they will eventually start to participate. So one thing we like to do in our house that really helps, we're going to talk about getting to the less clutter part in a second, but I think the systems are really important to have in place because it will make all of that hard work you're going to have to do with the stuff last. Because if we don't do the hard work of getting the systems in place, you can declutter till the cows come home and yet there's still going to be chaos in the house. Okay. So what we do in our house is we have a five minute tidy up at the end of the day, and it falls for us between dinner and whatever we're doing after. So that could be watching a show, playing a board game, uh, going for a walk, anything, right? So it's always in that sweet spot between we've had our meal together and now we're going to switch activities. So that's really important too. It's a switching activity moment where there's a break and we work together as a family to clean up the house. Now this works on multiple levels because one, we're all in it together. And so 
it's easier for my daughter to participate when she sees us doing it too, right? It's really hard for you to say, go clean up your room. Well, kids, that's a tough, really tough um, command for kids because they don't know what that means. They may not exactly. know what it means to clean up their it's room. It's a general request. They right. need steps. They, they need, need steps. micro steps. Yes. I teach, especially little kids. Parents Absolutely. all the time say, clean up your room, clean this mess up, set the table. Those are all general instructions right. that we know yes. because we're older. From little years kids don't of experience. know what that means. Right. <laughs> you got to break yes. it down. Absolutely. And so when we are doing this together, one, I'm modeling the behavior. I'm showing her what it's like to tidy up my space and put things away. And then two, it's like, okay, well, if she's doing it, I can do it too. Instead of it being like us versus them, you right. know, it's a family affair. So usually my husband's cleaning up the dishes from dinner because I usually do the cooking and he does the cleaning up. And then, um, you know, she and I will race around the house. And then we also use that as a little bit of a game and whoever gets done first gets a little reward. Now you can pick what that reward is. It could be extra sprinkles on the ice cream. It could be, you get whipped cream and nobody else does. It could be, you get to watch, pick the show. We watch the game. We play the route. We take on the walk. You know, it can be all of those different things. It does not have to be, it's not a physical thing. We're not buying, you're not getting a toy for cleaning up. That's not what it is. Um, it could be five extra minutes to stay up from bed, right? Like these things are children love these things. They love them. They, they love, love it. Them. And it's super simple. It doesn't cost you anything. And it just takes a little extra effort. Okay. So that's one of the ways. And I love that because it also, it relieves stress in my head throughout the day. If I see something that's out and about, I go, oh, well, we're going to deal with that at our five minute power tidy, right? Like, okay, no big deal. That will get put away later tonight. And I don't have to stress about it during the day. It's easier for me to just concentrate on what I'm working on. If I'm working on something, you know, my podcast or something, I'm working at my computer it's so easy to get distracted with all the stuff around. So if I know at the end of the day, I've got this power tidy coming, this will all get put away later. It just makes it easier for me to concentrate on what I'm working on now. And I wake up to a clean house in the morning, which is so amazing. It is so amazing. All right. And if you stay consistent, yes, your children don't think it's like, oh, I have right. to clean up. It's, it's part of the routine. It's part of the schedule. I always tell parents often what you can make part of the routine just becomes another step for them to master yes. i eat dinner and then we do family cleanup or tidy yeah. up whatever you call yeah, it whatever you want to call it and <laughs> you know you could even let your children name it let totally. them name what it's called absolutely you know, always great to let them come up with the ideas and what you can do too is you can have a whole, you can brainstorm you and your children, all kinds of fun little rewards that they want totally. and put them in a shoe box, put on the shelf. And when everything's cleaned up or there's something you want a little bonus for, let them close their eyes and pick something out of the box. It might be do a puzzle together, read a book, run outside, you know, and like you say, doesn't have to be materialistic. It doesn't have to cost money. Because your children, a reward of spending time with you and doing something yep. fun with you is so much more valuable than anything you can walk in the store and buy. 100%. Super on board with that. And that's what I mean when I say set the expectation, right? It is these routines that are just, they just are part of the day. It becomes 
just what is expected of us. And this is how our family runs and everybody's homes are different. So, you know, if they go over to a friend's house and they're like, well, my friend doesn't do it. Well, that's what we do in our house, right? Right. It's just how it works. And we have these for all sorts of other things. So there's no reason we can't have it for tidying up and cleaning up around our house. So 100% on board. Should we talk about how we deal with the toys? Unless, yes, because that will be my next question. And you know, (laughs) they did a study of recent with kids. And I know this is not going to surprise you, Deanna, but it may surprise some of our parents is that when a child is in a toy room that is full of toys, Mm -hmm. as opposed to a child that's in a toy room with just certain things, they are able to focus much longer on what they're doing than when they're in a toy room over stuffed with things and options. So you want your child to focus longer. You want your child to not be running from this to this, to this, clean it up, declutter. Yeah. Listen to Deanna. (laughs) I actually have, um, I was going to tell you that I've got some study links to these studies. If you want, I'll give them to you after. So you can put them in the show notes if you'd like. Um, and so, yes, that is right. Um, when it's just like with adults and I think a way we can understand it is when there are a ton of options in front of us, it is hard to make one choice. So this has been talked about in the paradox of choice. This has been talked about in, you know, different happiness studies for adults. And I think sometimes I like to relate them to these adult ideas because as adults, it's easier for us to understand that concept, right? So if you are, there was a jam study one time, and this is again about marketing. So if anybody's into marketing or sales, they've probably heard about this study, but they had samples at this grocery store. And when there were six samples of jam, they sold, you know, they had one day where they had six samples of jam and one day where they had 20 samples of jam. And I think we think on the surface, like, oh, you get to taste more jam. You're probably going to buy more of that jam because you're going to get to taste more. You're going to be able to pick your favorite, but it just led to confusion. More jam was sold on the day when there were only six jars versus 20 jars of jam. That same thing happens to your children in their room when they are playing with toys. When there are fewer toys, they not only play with one toy longer, they play with that one toy in a multitude of ways. So they take that one toy and they try to play with it in different configurations or in different ways, or they use their imagination more to put that toy in a different scenario. And so for us, we need to be able to relieve the guilt that, oh, our kids need these toys because that's toys, you know, kids need to play. Play is because of toys. And so more toys equals more play. doesn't work that way. That is those two do not equate. Actually less toys, quality toys though, are going to produce longer play. Your kids are going to have longer attention spans, which is so important in today's world where our attention spans, myself included, just is so short now. It's just, it, there's so much distracting us that if we can at least give our children a better foundation, it will serve them so much more in the long run. And that's our job as parents, right? To help right. them in their life, to support them, to be better adults, healthy adults, have this nice, long, happy life. And it does not mean more toys. So right. My, my tagline and pumped up parenting. <laughs> Because we're raising adults, not children. And that's what we're doing. And 
and make sure also before we continue yeah that the toy is not doing everything for the child yes if the toy simply does everything what does the child have to do where are you growing their imagination their creativity those those golden times when they're sitting with something wooden and they're building something or they're moving it around or they're driving a little wooden cart through an entire imaginary town and dinosaurs yeah. come and fires are happening and that you know the whole drama yeah. of of one toy yeah let them use that imagination let them become creative give Absolutely. them that time to really celebrate you know initiative and mm -hmm. intuitiveness yeah and and so absolutely 100% on board with all of that it's it's so true and yes those toys that do a lot of stuff kids actually the studies show kids actually get bored with those faster so you've spent more money on these toys that do all these different things and the kids get bored with them faster so those will end up in the clutter pile faster than the other toys will. I mean, the stick was just inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame for crying out loud. A yeah, stick. I love that. I like do the too. hula hoop and ball. Right. <laughs> because, I mean, you can do so much with a stick. It can be so many different things. Yep. And so I think that, you know, we've got to get past that layer in our head. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that we're all so busy these days. We don't have as much time maybe to spend with our children, but I don't think that's true. I actually think we spend way more time with our kids these days than parents of earlier generations. And so again, it's all relative. It's all the stuff we're making up in our mind. That's telling us we've got to get more toys. We've got to do this stuff. We've got to do all this stuff for our kids. We've got to be everything to our children. And we actually need our children to be able to have that space to figure things out for themselves. And so I will link a ton of studies for you. Um, there's one that showed, uh, again, when children had four toys, they played with those toys longer and um, in a deeper sense than when they were in a room with 20 toys. Because again, it's that distraction, right? You start to think like you see all these toys, you pick one, and then you can see as an adult, you would say, Oh, but what if that toy is more fun? Then you go try to play with that toy. And then you go try to play with that toy. And you never really get deep into playing with these toys. So that is why it's better to have a cleaner space with less stuff. Now, am I perfect in this? No, no, I'm not. Does my daughter have more toys than I want her to have in her room? Yes. Yes, she does. But it's okay. You know, like, again, we're trying to work with the best that we can do and be the best we can be. I never want people to think that I've got it all figured out. You know, I just, I'm telling you what has worked in my life and what has worked in some of these studies. So, um, you know, it has been backed by science. Now we love Legos. When we traveled, we traveled a lot with our daughter when she was uh, one. And when she was five, we traveled, um, six months, the first time and a year and a half, the second time. Wow. And so we didn't have a lot of stuff with us, you know, especially when she was in that toddler age, we didn't have a stroller. We didn't have, you know, we did have a travel crib with us to keep her safe when she slept. And we had a carrier so that we could go long distances and she wouldn't have to walk with her little legs. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, she was drinking out of glass glasses and she was eating off of glass plates and she was eating the food we ate. And so we had a lot of Legos and stuff. The second time we traveled, those were the toys we brought with us because they can be so versatile. Right. So again, we stopped, we would use libraries when we were in these different countries and different towns. There's all sorts of ways you can have these things for your children with not having to have them in your house. So we can get creative on that. 
we still got to get to how do you actually get rid of the toys? Because <laughs> yeah. we haven't had that talk but, yet. But Let's you know, that's that. a good point too. Yeah. And and I tell parents all the time that your job as a parent is not to entertain your child twenty four seven. That right. is not your job. And yeah. I tell parents this, and I can't tell you how many go. It's not. No, you're just, you allow yeah. your children to be bored. Yeah. Boredom is exhilarating. Boredom is creative. Boredom is encouraging and motivating. Mm-hmm. I call you that have the cruise to allow director. downtime. <laughs> what did you say? I said, I call that the cruise director. Yes. You're exactly. not the cruise director of your family. You're not. Exactly. <laughs> and you have stuff to do. Let's face yeah. it. We all have things to do. We're all busy. Yeah. Your four-year-old is busy. Everyone's yeah. busy. Yeah. So don't think that if they're not entertained every minute of every day, you're doing them a disservice because honestly, it's the other way around. Right. And so it is good let, for your oh, kids. Oh, go ahead. Because I, I was, was just going to let you keep talking. No, it, I was going to say it's good for your kids to see you doing other things. Right. Yes. Do you want, if you looked at your life from a, you know, if you, pulled yourself out, had an outer body experience and sat in the corner and watched how you are with your family. Is that how you want your kids to be with their future family? And if the answer is no, then you take a look in the mirror and you say, okay, how do I want my kids to be with their family? And then you start trying to act according to that behavior, because don't you want your kids to have hobbies and activities and feel fulfilled in life? Well, you deserve that too. And they're going to get that if they see you having your activities and your hobbies and different things that you're doing, you like, you know, if you want your kids to read, well, pick up a book and read yourself and show them reading can be fun. Right. So we have you to, have the to be the want. person yeah. you want your children to be totally because yes. they're going to learn you're their strongest role model. And it's not what you say. It's everything you do. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, you know what, mommy needs to go take a bath and yeah. I really need to not be interrupted. Don't you want your children to grow up and think, you know what? I am worthy of a bath. I am worthy of a shower without having four little kids watching me and bugging me while I'm trying to bathe. Yeah. These are things we're worthy of. We are worthy of these things. It's so true. And so in the same sense, we have to deal with our own stuff before we are going to be able to sell the idea to others. Now, kids are a little gray area there because obviously you're their parent and they're going to listen to what you say and do. And if you set the rules and you say, this is the expectation and we're cleaning up like you do at daycare or like you do at school, um, then they're going to follow these new rules that you set, but you have to stick by the rules. But I also think that it is just, it's very eye opening when we ourselves take on this work. So when we clean out our closets, when we clean out our bookshelves, when we clean out our purses and our office spaces and all the stuff and things, we see how much easier it is to live in that cleaner environment. It suddenly clicks that that's what our kids need too. They need a cleaner environment so that it is easier to clean it up. It is easier to play. It is easier to find what they want. There's less mom. Where's this mom? Do you know where my blah, blah, blah is? How many times have we heard that in our life? When we have a system in place and we have less stuff, it's so much easier for them to find what they need, be more independent, play longer, all these things. And we can kind of feel that when we clean up our own spaces too. So 
Let's talk about the container method. This is one of my favorite things with kids because it starts with the positive frame of what do you want to keep, right? What are your favorites? And so you get to pick the container and they get to pick the toys. So if you only have space for one toy box, what's going to fit in this toy box? You get to pick, start with your favorite things. Let's put, let's put all the fun things that you love to play with in here. And then once that's filled, you can take the other toys out. Now, if they start to freak out about it, you can do a toy rotation. So you could pick, put toys off on the side. Okay. Let's fill up the second container with your favorites, right? Then they pick that and they put their second tier favorites in there. Those are the ones you go on the shelf. Eventually you're going to get to a place where they're like, eh, okay, I'm okay. Right. And so that's an easy way to start that toy rotation. And then you would sub them out. You have to take the toys that were the first tier and then bring in the second tier. You take the first tier out, bring in the second tier, and then they get to play with those and they can decide, do you still want to keep these? Would you like to replace anything that you had before with any of these new toys? Or, you know, you can start to work this in a process. The thing they do at daycares and schools and everything are labels. Everything has a home. Everything has a place to belong. So empty shoe boxes are perfect for this kind of stuff. You put a label on it. If your kids are really little, you put a picture label on there. If they can read, you can put a word label on there. Um, but once they know where things go, like you said, it's these steps, it's easier for them to participate and put things back. Instead of you just saying, clean up your room. I don't know where anything goes. Right. Right. So that's how things end up under the bed. Mom wants right. a clean floor, shove it under the bed. Right. And now you've got this monster under the bed of just stuff. And so we want to make sure that we're not doing that. So we want to make sure we have a home for all the things and then start with that container method. Give that one a try and see how it goes. Cause that one, it works well with children's brains. Cause they're like, Oh, I just pick my favorites and put it in here. One of my guests on the show talked about how she has a toy sale. It's a lot of work, but it would really like pan out in the end, you take each category of toy and you give kids post-it notes. Like they only get so many, let's say they get 10 post-it notes and there's 20 toy cars. So they get to buy the car with the post-it note. They put the post-it note on and that's their way of buying the car. So they get to pick their favorites that way. Now that can be a lot of fun, but it also can be a lot of work. So if that is too much for you to handle at the beginning, start with just the container method. But if you have extra time or you really want to, you know, if you're really ready to commit and go all in, try that toy sale idea. It's a great idea. And, and, you know, the important part of that is that you're picking the container. Yes. You know, yeah. it's, you know, it's when I talk to parents about giving choices for transitions, would you like two or four more minutes to stop playing before you have dinner? Right. The minutes are of your approval. The yeah. choice is theirs. Right. But you don't just say, okay, how much longer are you going to play for? Because dinner's ready in 10 minutes. They say, well, I'm going to play for another half hour. Right. Not acceptable. Dinner's <laughs> ready. So the choice is of your choosing. The container is of your choosing. And as you were talking, I was thinking, what a fun little craft project that would be yes. is to get a bunch of shoe boxes, sit down with the kids, have them decorate the shoe boxes for their little storages mm -hmm. and have them like if one is crayons and one is cars, have them go through magazines and cut out pictures and glue them on. And it can become a really fun project when you incorporate everyone into what's going on. Yes. Kids are much more apt to stick to something and participate in something 
that they were in, they were part of creating. Absolutely. You get buy-in, right? You get that buy-in, which is so important. Absolutely. It's the same way. Like you can get kids to eat vegetables if they help you grow them in a garden, right? Right. They hate vegetables. Well, if you help them grow them, they see like, oh, that was pretty cool. And they're willing to let me taste this. Absolutely. You mean I can eat this right off the branch, you know, and they do. It's a great way to eat vegetables, you know, and that's, that stuff is so important. So important to involve your children. Don't yeah. just boss them around. They're always bossed around. Yeah. And do more fun. to empower yeah. them. Yeah. Make and make fun. it fun. You know, put a song on every time it's cleanup time. Like you could put the same song on so that you start to get that kind of Pavlovian response. And I have a great up. cleanup song guys, by the way, Ooh. but Ooh. so many of you don't know, I have a CD because of my kids fitness company. And so if you go on YouTube and you look up the cleanup song, I named it very appropriately by Fun Fit Family Fitness. It's a fun little cleanup song. And in my classes, kids always clean up and, and it's a fun song to clean up, clean up to, and it's short and sweet. And you can, you can relate anything to the tune. So you can be like adding the dishes to the sink, clean up the dishes, put them in the sink. You can do anything. Love so just a little, little plug, little plug for my cleanup it. song. Okay. Well, I'm going to check that out too after that's super fun, but yes, exactly. Do the song, do something. Another one of my guests said, like, see if you can, like, can you put these toys away with your tongue out? Like, can you stick out your tongue mm, and put the toys away, you know, and keep your tongue um, out the entire yeah, time, keep your tongue out the entire time. Can you, you know, put your right hand behind your back and clean everything up with your left hand? Like, yes, it might take longer, but you also get a little bit of silliness and yes. it just changes it up a kids little bit. Love Instead fun. Of, yeah, you could play a little tag yes. game yes. and be like, okay, when you tag me or when I, I tag you, you're going to have to tell me something that you're going to pick up next. So I tag you and then you go car and then you got to run off and get a car. And then yes. you tag me and I say doll and I go get a doll. Like everything, the more you make it fun, yeah. the more things get done. Absolutely. Okay, so th- this has just been so valuable, and, it's so and fun. I just glanced at the clock, and in my <laughs> typical way, it goes on and on and on. So That's great, yeah. I know that our parents probably have things to do, and they're probably like excited to get started on one of these so. tips because they're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I listened to this podcast because, yay, I can actually stop getting aggravated and start putting things into action." Yep. So. Would you tell your, tell my listeners, please, our listeners, because you are included <laughs> again, how they can reach out to you and the name of your podcast. Cause I know they're all about ready to sign on so yes. that they continually get to tra- so, uh, tips. Uh, sure. Again, my name is Deanna Yates and my website is wannabeclutterfree.com and I'm wannabe clutterfree on all the socials. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook there. And then my podcast is wannabe minimalist. And I ask you if you would to give our listeners one more tip, just one more thing that will help them not only get started, but stay consistent with it. Okay. So I would say that it doesn't have to be extreme. I think a lot of people, when they hear the word minimalism or they hear decluttering and organizing, they think that they have to go for this Insta worthy space, right? It does not have to be that. That is not the end goal. The end goal should be for you 
to be able to function fully in your life. And so again, I use wannabe in my name because I am not extreme by any means. And so I think that that's one of the things that, that really can stop people is they think, oh, I have to go all in and you don't, you just have to go a little bit. And if you start a little bit and it works, you can go a little bit more. And if that works, you go a little bit more. And so it doesn't have to be from zero to 60, it's zero to one. You know, you do 1% a little bit every day, the 10 minutes, the 15 minutes, just put one thing, find a house for a home for one thing in your home and do that every single day. And before you know it, um, you're going to just be off to the races. Yes. And I love that. I mean, what if you said today, one thing and you said, okay, guys, after dinner, each of us is going to put away one thing, Mm -hmm. go put away one thing. When I say go and come back to this spot when it's put away. And then the next day you could do two things and the next day three, and it becomes a fun game. And you talk about that tradition, that part of your routine, that little 15 minute cleanup before you know it every day after dinner, they're ready to do that. Mm -hmm. So just great advice, Deanna. So, so happy. So blessed that you were on here. You got (laughs) like my mind ticking and ready to go. (laughs) And, uh, I really, I really appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. So fun. Good. Well, I loved it too. And to all you listeners, once again, we're very grateful that you took time out of your busy schedule to spend a little bit of time here with us. Please, if you need help, reach out to Deanna, reach out to me. That's what we're here for. Reach out to somebody. There's millions of people out there waiting to help you. So don't feel ashamed. Don't feel guilty start today and do something that's going to move your life and your family forward. And in the meantime, as always, I wish you days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter. Really is the best medicine. Take time to laugh. It's awful fun. And you're funny and your kids are funny. So spend time laughing. You'll feel great afterwards. And I'll see you here next time on the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast and being a part of my mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. Be sure to head over to pumpedupparenting.com and grab your free copy of the Patient's Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, great news. Now there is. Pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills, and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, plus my three new children's books at celiasbooks.com. That's celiasbooks.com. If you're loving this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends and pay it forward. And also leave a review so I know who you are and can thank you personally. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone in your family can blossom from. Have yourself a really happy, fun day. Bye-bye.